Hi, and welcome to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. Every week we watch a movie and sit down here to talk about it. I'm Katie. I'm Mel. And we're your hosts. This week we watched A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, directed by Anna Lily Amirpour. Did I say that right? Yeah. The plot of the movie goes something like this. In the Iranian ghost town Bad City, a place that reeks of death and loneliness, depraved denizens are unaware that they are being stalked by a lonesome vampire. I don't think Bad City is actually the name of the place. It is. Is it? It is the name of the place. Yes, that is oh. the that description was written by the director for Sundance. I thought that that was just something she said. No, no so it's set in this city called Bad City. Um, it's not, I mean, the movie is, you know, it's so ironic, it's, so so ironic, it's unironic, it's so hipster, it doesn't know what to do with itself kind of thing. Like, it's it is, it's just all references. So, of course, it's called Bad City. Of course, there's a literal pit of corpses. Yeah, um, I don't know. I didn't really get that. I, I enjoyed watching this movie a mm-hmm. lot, but I was sad that I didn't see it in the cinemas because I feel like it would have been like an experience kind of movie. Yeah. And I watched it on Netflix while I was doing other stuff and I kind of had to keep backtracking and stuff like that. But it's too hard to concentrate on like my little computer screen on yeah. just watching a movie. So I, I also watched it on Netflix because we well there was a screening here at the film festival last year, but we missed it because um you're in I Thailand. In Thailand. Uh, but it, I completely agree. I watched it on my big twenty seven inch monitor, but I watched it this morning, so I had to like close all my curtains and turn all the lights off. And even then, it was hard to see. And then it was also you had to really concentrate because it's in Farsi, so you have to read the subtitles and. I think it would have been a really good cinema experience because it's beautifully shot. Like, it's all black and white. And I think in a properly lit cinema, I wouldn't be surprised if it's shot on film either. I have to check that. I didn't actually check that out. But um, it's really beautifully shot. Yeah. It would have been amazing to look at when you, if you could have seen all the shots properly done. I mean, it, as it was, I could tell it looked like a painting. But on, on a Netflix stream, not quite the uh, same experience. Yeah, exactly. And that was a little bit, um, a little bit disappointing in that I missed it. Mm. And I would have liked to have seen it because I actually wanted to see it when it was out at the movie. Yeah, like when we when it was on. It's, at the it's festival. not been released at the movies here since ah. that time. At it was, it's had a couple of festival screenings here, and then just nothing. Okay. I don't even think it's. It it, it might have had a release in the UK because I found a couple of Guardian reviews when I was um sort of looking into the movie this afternoon, but. I, I, I don't know that it's actually had much beyond festival releases. It's very – it's one of these little films that can – a bit like The Babadook, actually. <laughs> one of those, like, little female-directed genre films that's kind of sort of travelling around the world and making – growing an audience as it goes. So, I yeah, I watched it last night at, like, 11.30 at night because <laughs> I'd forgotten that I said I would watch it because I was really busy cleaning my apartment yesterday. And then it was 11.30 and I was like, oh, I said I was going to watch the movie. I have to watch the movie. So it took me a little bit to get into it because I was in this kind of other mindset. Mm. But the first kind of scene really did grab me, like the guy, the James Dean guy. <laughs> yeah. James Dean looking guy grabbing a cat and just walking to the um, Spaghetti Western music. Right, past the pit of corpses, which I didn't notice was a pit of corpses until he actually drops a corpse in it later. Yeah, I didn't notice that either. I, I didn't notice when he dropped the corpse into it later, so... Mm-hmm. I clearly we'll didn't go past notice it anything about, about three it. Times. I know, but I yeah. never. I just thought it was a quarry or something. Uh, well, that explains the dramatic music that yeah. happens because then there's like this dramatic chord, and I was not kind of looking mm. when the exact dramatic chord went. So I, I rewound it to see if something dramatic had happened, but it hadn't. Yeah. Um, but like clearly, I wasn't looking in the right place. Again, that would have been helped, I think, by a cinema experience. Um, yeah. It's it, well, I mean, it's a movie about movies ultimately. With it, it's just like filled with references to other movies and movie uh, film grammar and 
film tropes and things like that. It would have been, I think, the kind of thing you want to see on the big screen. I think it works pretty well as its own thing. Mm. Like it pulls together a lot of these different strands and there was there's a lot of French influence, I think, as well, like French film oh, kind I'm, of stuff. And I'm not, I have no problem with this stuff. It's very Tarantino-esque in the way it uses what's come before it to tell its own new story. I think the most interesting stuff about it, though, um, there were some interesting ideas in it that weren't fully explored that I would have been interested to see more of because there were two scenes in particular that I was really, really fascinated by. Um, one of them is the, the there's a very complicated relationship between our main character whose name is Arash. Arash, yep. Ah, yes. I think I'm so proud right. of myself for. I'll, I'll, I'll actually bring up the IMDb page because I'm not going to remember them all either. Did I don't think the vampire has a name, or she never says it. No, she's called the girl. Right. Um, and then Arash's dad. Mm. And the most interesting thing to me, like that, there was the scene between Arash, his dad, and his dad's drug dealer. Mm-hmm. very early on that already had me really interested in it. And then immediately after that, um, that he sees a, a prostitute who's a recurring character who's interesting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then he gets attacked by the girl. And I think that by itself kind of works as a short film. <laughs> like just the introduction. It was this. a short film originally. There you go. Yeah. That explains so why I was like, that's it, totally a short this, film. This has been a short film and is now also a comic book. Uh, so yeah, it, it, there is that sort of through line there. Although I think um, I actually think the vampire is really interesting in the way that she only we only ever actually see her kill three times, and of those two times, she k- only kills after a woman, in particular that prostitute character, has had her boundaries violated in some way. Well, that's the thing. She seems to be an avenging angel, mm. but we only get to see her avenge this one. <laughs> other character which i don't know whether that's budgetary constraints or what it is um what i really thought was going to happen was you know that i'm not sure if it was a drag queen or the the person with the really really defined eyebrows and the cowboy t-shirt with the balloon Mm. do you remember that person no (laughs) they show up like two or three times as just an image and i thought maybe that 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 was a drag queen or maybe a trans woman who was going to be violated in some way as well and then the Avenging Angel would help her. That never happened. But there was just this kind of idea in the back of my head that never kind of came to fruition. So I was always really curious about what was going to happen with her. When oh, okay. I no, I didn't I didn't really um, yeah, pick that but up. But the guy who played the drug dealer was fantastic. Mm. And it's kind of a shame that he was only in it for that long because you hated him. I mean, he was the worst, but he was he had he's so really much good. charisma. He had, he had a role in um, Winter Soldier. Really? He's who one was of, he? He was one of the um, the bad guys in Winter Soldier. I'll, I have to look it up, but he's he, – the, he, the Hydra guys? Yeah. His his name is Dominic Reigns, and he is he's got gets quite a bit of work. And also, the woman who played the prostitute, she's got gets a lot of work in TV and stuff. She's been around a bit. Um, okay, yes. Yeah, so well, he, I thought he was really good. Like yeah, he stood out a, to me as maybe the best actor in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought the girl who played the vampire was very good as well because she doesn't get a whole lot to do, but she does a lot with it. But she kind of works as like an image, almost like yeah. a. Uh, an icon. Well, so she's a bit like Arash in that the way she's styled. Arash is styled all James Deanish with his white t-shirts and his leather jackets. She is styled, I think, kind of Gene Seberg-ish in a Gene Seberg-ish slash Audrey Hepburn kind of way. She's got a very classic look about her with the she wears these cropped pants and she wears sneakers and she wears a a Breton top like a striped top mm. and, and then she 
and then she sort of suits up with the chador, the long mm. um, headscarf with the, the long cape. She suits up into that and, and puts on makeup and goes out into the world. She's got a very, very particular way of being styled. Yeah, it's interesting the huge amount of contrast between her in her vamp mode and her in her vamp mode. <laughs> yeah, what, watching her, her um, when she's just herself, she, she, you, she really does put on her costume. She suits up as mm. as the vampire. Like we first meet her, she's just dancing to some eighties music in her in her little apartment. We've already seen her, I think, as the vampire yeah. before that. Um, but we sort of we meet her. I mean, there. she is a vampire all and the then, time. But. And then she suits up and she goes out in with full makeup on, and then she ends up killing this drug dealer guy. But then she goes back to that her was such a good apartment. Scene. That's oh. Such a good scene. That j- just that scene where she kills the vamp the the drug dealer. That was the moment when I was like, okay, I really have to pay attention. To he this was, movie. and he was just perfection because it yeah. comes about twenty minutes in, and he he leads her into this fancy apartment, which is all like leopard skin, and 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 he's got cocaine out on the table, and then he like he actually picks up weights and does weights in front of her, and she just and she has this wonderful. She doesn't have a lot of dialogue at all, and she does this wonderfully um wonderfully female thing, but I actually think it might also be a female thing for when you get around in a headscarf and a covering because she just she just is quiet and blank and she doesn't say anything and he just sort of projects onto her this sort of tacit acceptance of what he's doing and of his completely disgusting behaviour. And his little striptease thing. Oh. But that's the thing is that he's so disgusting but I couldn't stop watching him. Mm, I could perfection. just Yeah, he was so good. <laughs> and then he, he says something as well to the prostitute. He says, uh, she said she's 30 and he's like, you're getting old. I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. um, but that he was, was like, great. don't you want to have kids? And it was really interesting. Oh, like he yeah. was basically – he was he had to do a lot of work in setting up like the the gender roles that society was enforcing mm-hmm. on these women mm-hmm. and like he did a lot of work whereas the rest of the movie kind of didn't do a lot of that yeah um i did think it was interesting to watch arash interact with the party girls yeah as opposed to um as opposed to the girl but then at the same time there was this kind of juxtaposition of all oh, these girls are really fake whereas the vampire girl is a cipher and therefore more interesting and therefore more real. Yeah. And I really hate that in in these kinds of movies like he created her in his manic pixie dream girl kind of mode yeah. which is not what she was. No, and but that's which is kind of similar to um let the right one in. Yeah. Which have you seen that? I haven't no. No, that's what I thought. This is um I this one movie reminded me the most of Let the Right One In. Uh, okay, it reminded me of um, Only Lovers Left Alive. Yeah, but Tilda Swinton's a real, yeah, very no, much d- real in person. A different, it's, it's more to do with the setting and aesthetic. Oh, it reminded okay. me of that because the whole American oil town with, you know, um, and the industrial capitalist destruction of t- industry towns and things like that, that was that was in a different sort of sense. But I don't have the same horror movie background as you do because <laughs> I'm terrified of horror movies. Um, but I, what I actually thought was that Arash treats her just as badly as the drug dealer, he's just a lot – he treats women just as badly. He's just not as overt about it. Like, mm. the first – when she comes out from the drug dealer's house having killed him, Arash is at the gate. He stands way too close. He stares way too long and he's really creepy with her. And he consistently throughout the rest of the movie violates her boundaries. But the the staring too long thing, I don't think that's an Arash thing. I think that's a this movie's aesthetic yeah. pro- so issue. There is like, I don't think that that was supposed to be – Okay. I, I I don't think that's supposed so, to be read creepy. I think that's yeah. supposed to be read as this movie's yeah. everything is held for a long so time. So I read it creepy is. and then I sort of forgave him for it. But he consistently – and he doesn't just do it to her. He does it to the little boy as well. He Yeah, and again, he that's this – breaches her boundaries. He touches her without permission. He pushes her head covering back behind her ear. He, he touches her all the time. And he does it to the little boy as well. He kind of grabs the little boy's yeah. jacket. And he has – 
he has this um he kind of is this walking embodiment of male privilege yeah, he where is. he just kind of he moves all over these these women and he violates Do you know what the ways? best the best scene to to, to depict that is is when he's earlier on when he's giving drugs to the girl who's had a nose job mm. and he's like you shouldn't be alone with me in this room he's trying to get her out so he can steal yeah, stuff from yeah. her um but it's kind of an understandable stealing stuff cuz Oh yes, his car's just yes. been taken away by the drug dealer. He has no money, and his father's a drug addict, and so he's kind of feeding his father's addiction. Yeah, um, but he doesn't see a way out, um, and so and he tries to get the girl out of the room by stealing her stuff and uh, to steal her stuff. But he says, "You shouldn't be alone with me in this room." Mm. And she's like, "You are so ridiculous." Yes, <laughs> which was quite entertaining. I, I sort of liked her, but she's portrayed as like the bad, you know, bad girls. Well, she's portrayed as like the dumb rich kid. Yeah, and because she turns up again, obviously at the club, and he gives her a, a tablet, and um, like he, she's just kind of. It, there's this sort of interesting scene. It's where you first realize the movie is very much American, where you see him working on the lawns of this place with palm trees and this big white, you know, house see, where she lives. And what I got from that was more um. You know the song "Tu Vafal Americano," like yeah, you do yeah, the American yeah. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it seems more like this movie is about people from one from another culture emulating Americanness. Yeah, I think it's a third culture thing. Yeah. So because we've got a director who is American with an Iranian background, and so are so is the lead girl, and so are a bunch of the actors. And I think and having I watched a little documentary on YouTube about her about the um, director and the film and how it got made and stuff. And that I think is the key to it all is that third culture thing about being from another culture in America and how you um, how you are that culture. I think that's um, there's a lot of references back to on the waterfront and on the mm. waterfront and that era with um, Ilya Kazan is another one about European immigrants sort of making a new life in America, emulating the Americans, but also like trying to come to grips with being from a different culture and not being accepted as the you know American. Mm. Uh, there's a lot in common with that, I think. Yeah, there is, is that. I mean, uh, uh, you see it in a lot of cultures where because American media is so dominant um, and because their economy is so dominant, yep. you have this kind of people want to emulate it. And James Dean especially being so such an iconic image. Mm. Um, he, Arash is trying to like, uh, emulate that icon, but like he's immediately torn down from it because what we first see is him doing that and getting the cat mm. um, and just taking this cat. <laughs> um and then he just sort of brings the cat home and decides it's his. Um, and and but he's immediately kind of brought right down from that daydream by the drug dealer. Yeah, who was like, "You think you're cool, but you're actually just a little shit." <laughs> yeah, which is you know, it, it but is the bullying, drug dealer is true. in his own way doing that emulating yes. of American culture. You know, his his um his weights and his cocaine and his but we see that later taxidermy and all that sort of stuff so he is himself doing that and using it to bully this other kid and yeah yeah i i think and and we also see it in our vampire when she adopts the skateboard that she steals off the little boy that's such a great just that just her skating down the road it's just so good the the way that all those images of like the the use of that shadow the the Sim, this real symbol of like being a Muslim woman and completely subverting that by having her wander around in like sneakers and jeans and skateboard, whatever. It's wonderful. But there is a really strong skateboarding culture in, uh, in, um, where's the, is it Afghanistan that has right. the, the I don't skate? Know. There's this whole skateboarding program for young girls. Right. Because they're not allowed to 
ride bikes or something like that, yeah. but they are allowed to skateboard. So they've just created this whole like skateboarding subculture. So right. I thought that might be kind of a reference to that. It, it it could well be, but for like a Western person watching it, to me, I was I took this as this is a wonderful subversion of tropes about women with headscarves. This is the, I mean, those girls are subverting the society's mm. expectation of them in yeah. their own, you know, in their own way. I mean, so yeah, no, I mean, just in walking around with her head covering and then actually being this really powerful vampire she's subverting yeah. so so many tropes i mean i love i mean the title is um it's a lot like when that that sort of classic joss whedon line about buffy being the girl who walking well, on her own who and being followed and then it she turns it you know she turns it around and kills the vampire and this is how buffy that's the whole idea of buffy and it, it's got that same kind of real just the whole walking around on her own looking for all intents and purposes, like this innocent, invisible woman, and it's just perfect. But the title of it is just like walks, the concept yeah, of Buffy, yeah, because it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer because it sounds ridiculous. Sounded ridiculous. And a girl to walks people. home alone at night sounds ridiculous to people, right? No, but it sounds like she's putting herself. So yeah, the, mm, the whole con- danger, yeah. concept of both the titles is very similar. Um, I don't know. I, I I think the least interesting part of this movie to me was the romance <laughs> storyline. Oh god. Um, yeah, you know, the most interesting part to me was like the cat's acting. No, see, I liked a lot of things. No, in I, it. I, I, I thought a lot of things were really interesting, and then it kept going into this romance storyline, and I was like, "Can we get back to the other well, stuff?" Please? I just, I've made, I've got a whole heap of head cannon in my head about her, you know, ending up killing him or something. I oh just, my god, that last scene, I wanted something, something to happen that wasn't what happened, mm. and I was so disappointed by how this film ended because, like, right before that, he is so angry with her too. Mm. The scene where he figures out that she's the one who killed his father. For um, because the father the forces the prostitute to take drugs, mm-hmm. and the cat sees it, and then the cat lets her know. But like that, and I figured out really early on that the cat was some kind of ally of hers. Mm-hmm. There was just, I think it was just like interpo- uh, juxtaposition of shots where you'd see like a close up of the cat and then her and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I I, li- I I liked that, and I liked watching her do the kills too, which was kind of similar to. Let the right one in as well, but mm. like simpler yep. and very effective, I thought. Um, let the right one in, the vampire is more monstrous. Yep. Whereas um, in this one, she's like basically a human, but with it's almost like her humanity is not removed, but she has this kind of mission mm-hmm. that she has to fulfill, which involves killing people. But then she, and she kills once. Like the the guy on the street. Yeah, she kills a homeless he, guy for sort of like it seems like she needs to eat kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. And it seems almost like she was going to eat the prostitute because she didn't – because she can only eat bad people, it seems like. Yeah. And she was going to eat the prostitute, but then she was like, but you're not actually a bad person. You've been put into this by circumstances. And she feels and the same she, way about um, Arash as well. Like, yeah. she cut, But she feels the but, same way about herself too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't really – the the romance just never quite gelled for me, and I I did feel like they were driving off at the end for her to eat him at some point, or for him to try to kill her and then her to eat him yeah. was what I was thought was going to happen, and the cat was going to let her know that he was behind her about to eat her, and then she yeah. would have to turn around and kill him, and then she would, you know, have to drive drive back into the city by herself and mm-hmm. and have another haunting image of her loneliness, which would have worked for me. Yeah, that would have been fine too. It just it, it, the way it ends. There's basically no dialogue from 
oh god it, it, there's no dialogue for a big chunk of that end scene like the whole bit where they're driving the bit with the cat the bit where he gets out of the car the, it just goes on for quite a while and it's never quite clear although there's this wonderful bit at the end where her the cat and him all their eyes at the same time like look at the same thing i was very impressed by that <laughs> the cat performance i mean i know it's her cat but the cat performance that she got was really good. She was able to get some really emotive shots of the cat doing things. Yeah, the cat was great. Um, really, the cat was terrific. The cat was but, fantastic. Yeah, that, I just felt so disappointed, let down by that scene because it there was so much other stuff in it that was interesting. And then, again, Let the Right One In. I know you guys didn't sign up for spoilers for Let the Right One In, but uh, it ends in a fairly similar way. So Let the Right One In is like a young boy like a preteen boy who meets a vampire who is who presents as a girl and he falls in love with her thinking she's a cipher but she proves herself to be more interested like much more than that and the monster kind of she's she's very much monstrous like her kills are much more violent mm. um what she looks like when she turns into a vampire is much more violent and then he lets her in to he, – he tells her to come in without inviting her in, mm-hmm. kind of. Um, he gets her to come into his place without inviting her in, and she starts bleeding from all of these orifices, and it's a much more kind of oh, yeah. kind of uh, violent, darker concept of mm-hmm. vampires. Um, but then at the end of the movie, she she kills all of his bullies for him, and these are like like not like bullies in other movies. These guys, what they do to this kid are just – insanely ridiculous mm. um, and at that point they're trying to drown him <laughs> Jeez. Um, which is an amazing scene by the way it's really good and then at the end of it they go off together and he has her in a box um, and he's moving her to another town so she can't like on a train in the, in in the, the daylight day. yeah. yeah you just reminded me of another time that Arash violates the girl's boundaries right at the end when he comes to her apartment and he knocks on the door and she opens the door and she doesn't say anything he just barges past her in that yeah. he was constantly violating her boundaries. It drove me absolutely nuts, and which is why I assumed that he was doomed at her hands because, like, how lo- how much longer is she going to put up with that? With all of this, I keep wondering how much of that is, like, all of that stuff is part of the movie's conceit that they can't have too much dialogue and everything has to be kind of shown and stuff because, like, yeah, if she let him in, that would have broken the... I would have thought that, but I did think that, and I was like, well, maybe it's just the way he is, but it's... I feel feel like it happened too many times for it to be anything other than a deliberate direction. Yeah, I yeah, it it's hard for me to tell because I can't I don't remember some of the stuff that you're talking about, but I also wasn't paying attention in some of the scenes that you're talking about um, because I found hey, a rush. I didn't remember the balloon person, so I but I found a rush really boring. <laughs> I he think is the actor's not particularly good. He was kind of a wet blanket, and so a lot of the time when the action was focused on him, I was not. I was distracted. I was but not things like him walking side. in, him walking in seemed like, um, firstly, it was trying to invert the, like, to to actively show the inverse of the, you've got to invite them in yeah, trope. Yeah, and I, I, that's what I thought too. So if she'd invited him in, it would have undermined that af- attempt to, yeah, so it kind of like... <sighs> It's hard to say how much I of got, that was. I know, I, I totally and get also, that. But it was, he physically pushes past her. It's not just, okay. he doesn't just walk I don't on in. He thing. kind of actually pushes her out of the way to get in. Which is weird because I remember what happens right before that. Because mm. um, she has this dream of seeing him down a tunnel. Oh, yeah, right? God, that's and shot. then 
And then he actually come, has to come down that tunnel to get to, to get her to apartment. Her yeah. So I remember the repeat of that scene and then I don't remember what happened right after. There you go. That's all right. I was, I was having trouble remembering the repeat of that scene. So. And you don't remember those, the balloon person. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think the violating of boundaries got to me. I think it was just bothering me because I didn't – I was not a big fan of his. Like, yeah. A bit like I, you. I was like – I was not a great uh, – he wasn't great. I also thought he was a jerk. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just don't remember the specific kind of – the violation stuff. Th- that was the specific reason I thought he was a jerk Oh, I just well. got a jerk vibe off him right from the start. I, I think the only time that he was really kind of interesting was when he was high. Oh, when he was when he was dressed as Dracula and then he had the tab. That was like the best bit of the movie because he – and also they re- they feminized him for that scene. Like you see his pretty curly hair and he's got eyeliner on and all this kind of stuff. It's he. That's when he's at his best. And he's also – it's the only time he's ever really vulnerable with the girl. Yeah, and when he becomes – when he's high – I don't know. It seemed like a more natural performance, and like he he became like a person. He lost. He loses that. Um, because when he's not high, he's always performing. Even mm. like down to the, the the costume and stuff that he puts on every day with his James Dean T shirt and his leather jackets and stuff. He he kind of is. He, he goes through the world with a shell on. Yeah, and it takes that takes the shell away. Yeah, and then um, but there's also this wonderful moment that I remembered that like he says, "I'm Dracula." <laughs> And she just kind of looks at him and he kind of deflates. Yeah. <laughs> just really good. Mm. Um, but and then I mean, the scene after that really irritated me when the, the very long scene when she's playing the song and he comes up behind her and she turns around and it looks like she's about to bite him and then she hugs him instead, but it goes on for like five no, minutes. He hugs her and he does it like, oh no, no sorry, that's, she does sorry, it. no, you're he right. He comes um, up behind her. You know, she turns out around. Street, out in the street, he hugs her without permission and yes. that bothered me. So, yeah. So but he's also really high at that yeah. point. So, I think that's more of like the first kind of, he, he doesn't have any way to express that he likes her. Yeah. But um, the, the scene with the where she's playing the record, I I loved how that was shot, how he kind of creeps into scene and then gets closer and closer and closer. But um, yeah. But that's another inversion scene. Yeah. Right? Like it's the inversion of the trope that you think is going to happen, which is very clearly kind of uh purposeful. Um, but it goes on, it just goes on too long. It just drove me crazy. I was like, can we get to the next scene, please? Is my mm. is my Netflix stuck or something? Yeah. It was a very slow movie. Yeah, but for a lot of it it didn't bother me that much. Yeah. But that particular moment really irritated me that it went on for that yeah, long. I and quite, I don't know what it was about. I quite it, like that but. scene because I, I liked her whole room with all the eighties music posters and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They were all um I found out later, slightly faked posters. Like that wasn't really Madonna in the Madonna poster. That was Margaret Atwood doing um, an old picture of Margaret Atwood who had given permission for her image to be used in the film because they didn't have money to get Madonna posters or real ah. Michael Jackson posters. So there's one of the Bee Gees and one of the faces is Elijah Wood who is a mm-hmm. an exec producer and funder of this film. See that when I didn't know that he was, when you said Elijah Wood before, I was like, what? But mm-hmm. it makes total sense to me that he would fund a movie like this. Yeah. It, it, it makes complete sense. Like he, ha- there's a little documentary on, um, on YouTube about it, which I was watching this afternoon. I'll, I'll link to in the show notes where he, um, it's basically like him and the director filmed. I don't know by whom, but they're really kind of uncensored and they just kind of talk about the film and they're sitting around at Elijah's house and drinking and smoking and like it's just talking about all the stuff still they did. Smoking. I know he's still he's smoking. It made me so sad. I was like, yeah, You're a he's beautiful been young smoking man. since he was like twelve. It's the worst. <laughs> it's the worst. Um but yeah, and, and they're sitting around and talking about the movie and it was kind of interesting uh, to 
learn about it because it's obviously done with you know very very little money but he apparently she's a friend of a friend of his and they said oh yeah my friend lily has this really cool movie and you you'll be interested in it and of course he is because he's like oh it's a vampire movie oh it's in farsi oh it's like he all of the it hits all of his hipster buttons Mm. yeah he was like totally hipster before it was cool but anyway um no it does it it is Mm. but the thing is like hipster movies can really really not work Mm. Um, they can really not work, and they oh, can yeah. just drive you crazy We've watched and hit your buttons and and stuff like that. But this movie kind of it it's all the things that hipsterism it wants to be. Mm. Like it's all the stuff that hipsterism is trying to be. Like ironic, yeah. It's but it's genuinely ironic, and I think it, you can only kind of get that from that kind of outsider ish perspective. Yeah. Yes. The soundtrack is just terrific. Oh, it's amazing. Just it's terrific. All, um, none of it's – it's not actually 80s music. It's like original music that she's collected from bands that she likes because it's all in Farsi, or almost all of it. I'm sure one of the songs is in English. There might be one or two, but it's actually largely Farsi. I didn't listen to the whole thing. It's, again, I'm it's sure up one on of YouTube, them is in English because I remember it. Uh, there's, a, there's some bits. There's bits that have like ironic words in at the right time, but the soundtrack is amazing. The way yeah, it, it just you know. But the, I through. was I was I was referring to the spaghetti, spaghetti western mm. um, <laughs> um, instrumental soundtrack. Which yes, all really oh, right. I even love how she uses the Sergio font for yeah. the title at the start. It's, it's very clever, very cutely done. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it really kind of works well, um, and uh, it it I think that kind of shows up the ending even more. Mm. Like. I loved so much of this movie, and the ending really does disappoint well, me. It could have it could have had this really bloody violent cool ending and it didn't it could have gone a lot of different ways Mm. i think there's a lot of ways they could have ended it with it still being good and the one way they chose to end it it wasn't well because really really it just stops no but it doesn't it may it definitely ends with her deciding to go with him yeah and then that's it i don't like that was the biggest problem with it with for me and like she never finds out that he knows that she killed his dad Mm. And there's no indication that, that well that needs she to be figures resolved that out. And it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that was because that was what was it like? That was the the moral dilemma that he was going through. Mm. Was she killed my father? Except um, that killing his father did him a service. It well, freed that's, him. But that's up. the thing is that like yeah. he that's that's the moral dilemma he's going through is like it was a service to him that she killed his father, but at the same time he was his father and he feels obligated mm. to to do something about it and like because you can see that right when he finds it finds out by the way is that the scene you're talking about that he grabs the kid just after the father dies yeah yeah see that's the thing is that he's i mean you can i kind of understand it since the kid knows something so all of it makes sense in in context like all of it is completely normal things that people do but it's just that he does it over and over and over again okay I just it was it seems to be a, a deliberate choice of how that character operates. His first reaction is to touch people and to move and like actually physically touch them rather than talking to them first. Yeah. I think that just I, it just feels like it's a it was a deliberate choice. I mean, I, I don't know that it was. It, maybe it was. I and didn't there was notice a, it. There's which another really weird thing exist. in that scene where there was a woman wearing a a white chador and you never see her face. All we see here is from the back or sometimes slightly to the side, we never see her face. And I think, again, that's just what's part of the commentary about like the invisibility of women wearing the chador or the head covering and mm. how how what it feels like to walk through life as a woman wearing a head covering. I, Not that the director does, but like she 
perhaps has a, clearly has an understanding of that culture and what it's like to do that. Yeah. I, I think the, the other person that I'm thinking of also wore it. I'm going to try and look up this person right now because it's driving me crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is the get um, all my tabs when you open my Chrome. It's okay. I'm just in a new one. <laughs> cool. Um, but it's, it's really annoying me. Which person are you thinking? Oh, the, the balloon person. Okay. Because if you didn't even see them, it's going to be really hard I for c- me to... I saw the balloon. I don't don't remember a person being attached They're to dancing it. dancing and holding it. Here. Here we go. Oh, oh. I thought that was the prostitute. I just it's not, see- though, right? Um, I don't know. I just... I, yeah, so I'm, I didn't know what you're talking about. That's not the prostitute, right? Because she shows up earlier as well, and I... It doesn't. I, I'm sure the prostitute doesn't has a different. Her whole face is like rounder and very different to. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know what that's about. I don't either. But I, that's why. Yeah. Because this was to me the biggest mystery of the movie was who is. Well, this now that is person. a mystery. I just I remember it happening, and I think I was just come on, let's move on to the next bit. I was actually I was just kind of see. I thought I they were watching too many. Up, um, because I thought they were setting something up for something Italian interesting. Realists. <laughs> yeah. But I, th- I thought that was setting something up for something interesting about gender, which is why I was paying uh, so much yeah, attention yeah. to it. I'm trying to find a picture of the prostitute now because it's a to make sure that I'm not being just you know. No, awful it's not and, her. It's, yeah, it's, it's not, absolutely right? not her because I've she's on um, House of Cards. I know who she is, the actress. Right? Yeah, because that's that's. I mean, to me, especially with the the the, the clothes that um that she's wearing and stuff, I thought drag queen. Yeah, you're probably right. Or trans woman or something. No, look, you're probably right. And and that's why I was paying so much attention because you've already got this idea that she's this avenging angel and I thought somebody's going to try and attack this woman and she's going to come in and save her and it's going to mm. be a commentary on different types of femininity and like different genders and stuff. Um, and it didn't happen, and that was, but that was why I was paying mm. so much attention and to it. The character it. doesn't even have it; like they're not even in the credits. It's right. weird. I, I think it's, it, I think it, it could be just like a Fellini esque kind of affectation, but I don't know. There you go. I'm sure it. Does anyway, say we can something. wrap up. Yeah, we pr- we have to wrap up because my battery's about to die. If we ever get on the uh, on the phone to uh, Anna Lily Amirpour, yeah, we'll ask her. Oh, she, I'm sure she'll tell us. Um, she's certainly a character. Sounds um, interesting. I should probably look into this stuff. Oh, uh, she's a bit. She's cool, but she's like. I, I think I would be a bit scared of her. Do, do, uh, I think I would be a little scared of her if I actually met an interviewer in real life. Um. Anyway, I guess that's a wrap. What are you giving it? Um. Four stars. Likewise, four stars from me. All right. Thank you very much for listening to the Silver Screen Queens podcast. If you'd like to read our show notes or find old episodes, they're on our website, silverscreenqueens.com. If you want to find us on social media, there are many ways to do that. We're on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash silverscreenqueens, at screen underscore queens on Twitter, and tumblr.silverscreenqueens.com. Thank you for listening. Bye. Um, Remember to like and review us on, rate and review us on iTunes. Bye.